stream is going to be myself and Nitro doing what we do best, having a rant. Let's do it. More or less. Um, so this is our review of Doctor Who season one. Season one of the reboot, as in like 2005 when they brought it back. Don't give me the, any any of you are old school Hoovians. If there are any of you there, don't give me the whole... Which I learned that word today. Hoovians. Yeah. I did Hoovian. not know that that was a thing. Yep. Doctor Who fans. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like every every fan base has a has a nickname. Okay, that's true. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, but yeah. So like, don't don't give me the whole thing of like back at the very start, new who, not classic who. Exactly, exactly, Dalv. Exactly. We're we're doing new who stuff. We're not doing old school who. Like, maybe one day we'll go back to old school who, but we're already like twenty years on from when it rebooted. I'm like, yeah. Let's let's yeah, when get you said that, that. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, it has been almost. Yeah, years. it's like two thousand and five, and I'm like, wow. I mean, it just came back, and I'm like, no, it didn't. It's been around. There are kids today that are out of high school that have graduated high school. The Doctor Who has been on the air since before they were born. Good <laughs> <laughs> Like since like came back since before they were born. I'm like, but actually, Doctor Who is a much older show. A Resident Hoovy, and there we go. Dalek, Dalek came in at the right point, by the way. Like Resident Hoovy and coming in for this. I know. Um, well, well, he I, he was. Or I'm sorry, I don't want to assume, but they were popping in during the the CFDs, and I was like, trombone, Dalek. I understood the reference. <laughs> I see, understand it now. And that's it. That's the interesting thing about our review today. Is like I I grew up on this stuff to a certain extent. Like I I didn't grow up on Doctor Who as a kid. I when I was younger, I saw the Paul McGann Eighth Doctor movie that came out in the nineties. But without like seeing old school Who and having anything to follow up from that, there's nowhere to go. You just see a movie about this dude, and it's like okay. But in my teens, I saw Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, and I was hooked, and I've been watching it since. And I am, I am caught up about as far. The only things I've not seen were the most recent Doctor Who Flux and then that most recent special that just happened, the pirate one, and um, because they're not on HBO Max yet, and I don't have BBC America. Um, yeah. So I can't catch up with those just yet. So, and um, when I hit HBO Max, I'll catch up with them. But apart from that, I'm I'm fully caught up on the recent Who. Um, yeah. Nitro, I on the other of... hand, none of that. No, yeah, he is. My, I'll give my background. So he's like, completely fresh. I, I I'm not even like not even exaggerating. I I have known one person in my entire life that has been a Doctor Who fan. And they were a hardcore Doctor Who fan. I knew nothing about the show. Like I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't know it involved time travel. I didn't know who the Doctor was. I didn't know what. I didn't know anything about the show. So I was going in completely blind. And we've done something similar before uh, with Firefly. And I go well. kind of knew <laughs> something about Firefly going in. Like I knew a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. But this, I legitimately did not know anything about Doctor Who going in. So I was very interested to see what it was all about. And like, I know it has a, just a ridiculously large fan base. Um, so, yeah. That's where I was coming from. Yeah, so, like, he was coming into this. So, like, it, so yeah, that's probably the best place to start then. Like, had you heard Inklings from it? What did you think about the fans like had you heard about heard at least the name doctor who as a show obviously or? the most pre pre prevalent image is the uh the tardis the outside of the tardis mm -hmm. the police box so i'd seen that around a lot i'd seen the sonic screwdriver and the dalek 
like images of them. I, again, I had no context for any of that, so I had, it's like, all right, so it's a it's a phone booth. Okay, get it. It's a looking like something from Lost in Space robot. Okay, and then it looks like you know a nose hair trimmer. Okay, got it. <laughs> so I'm like, I have no idea how to piece this stuff together. So again, man, cold, 100% cold. Knew nothing about Doctor Who. I knew n- literally nothing. I had no idea what it was about. So. Yeah, so we're going to delve into this, we're going to talk a little bit about our thoughts on the episodes as we go, I'll tell about my kind of take on it when I first started versus now, because I, I rewatched a little bit of it coming into this, I didn't get to finish the whole first season rewatched because I ended up getting sick before freaking weekend started, um, <coughs> But um, so we'll give our thoughts on that and different things on it, we'll talk a little bit as well about the unfortunate um, Good Morning guys are kind of mentioning it there. Um, the Eccleston only stuck around for one season a little bit yeah. of the, what happened with that and the sadness of that but you know fantastic news that he's back doing audio drama stuff for Doctor Who at least so that's a foot back in the door as the ninth Doctor I'm still hoping they're still talking like um, doing a couple of specials for the 60th mm. anniversary next year like um, standalone stories for the Doctor and one of the ones I'm hoping we might get is a ninth Doctor like stand alone and get him back in a leather coat again, just even for a one-off. Yeah. But we're going to jump in then. So this was 12, 13, 12, 13? 13 episodes and 13. Christmas special, which I did not watch because you told me not to. Yeah, I said don't watch that because that's like that's the full introduction to that's the starting of David Tennant's run. Like mm. That's the start of his. You don't need that for this one. Which, this. speaking of, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I was not expecting him to pop up at the end of episode 13. Yeah. So that was a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah, like, he shows up right at the end. I mean, like, that was the first big bit of controversy. It was, like, before the first episode of this aired in 2005, it was already announced that Eccleston had departed. Yeah. So, like, going into it, people knew Eccleston wasn't coming back as the Doctor. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, you already know that um, Tennant is... that he's going to regenerate at the end of this season. Which for anyone who doesn't know, regeneration is how the Doctor sticks around, how they keep the character around. Does he uh, keep all of his memories from previous... Yeah, 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 he keeps okay. it. Yeah, so going into this, he's like 903 years old, I think it is. Um, he's a Time Lord from the planet of Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. He is a species that can travel in space and time traveling in a TARDIS. Time in relative dimension in space. Has two uh, hearts. <clears throat> has two hearts. Uh, the vascular system with two of them which they make some jokes with, but it doesn't actually play as big a factor in anything as you would think. Um, and yeah, basically, if he's about to die, he can regenerate his body. Um, it does mean his face changes, it does mean there's changes to his personality, to the way mm-hmm. he thinks, to who he is. But at the core, the Doctor is still there, his memories yeah. are still there, more or less. You know, it's like he's, he's still him. Sometimes yeah. he has to go through a period of kind of relearning himself a little bit, a lot of the Doctors do. So I think that's one of the things that's sad about this is because this was essentially like a regeneration season for Eccleston's Doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's his first season, you're getting used to him, he's just getting his rhythm. I would love to have seen where he went with a second season. Um, there was a um, there was a line at the end of season 13, not to jump around a little bit, but like, because you had, you had been filling me in a little bit on the backstory with Eccleston, you know, as I went through the series. Yeah. And, um, towards the end of the episode he looks at the lady who plays Rose and I can't forget her name oh but he Billy, said, Billy Piper yeah he said phenomenal actress you, as well he was like you were fantastic and he goes and you know what 
I was too. And I felt like that was his, who was like, yeah, you, you guys are missing out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not I always be around loved anymore, that. and I was great. I always loved that line because it was that self, like, gradulatory line. And I'm like, but yeah, you yeah. know what? He was. I was good. He yeah. really was a fantastic doctor. He's. Dude, he was. Yeah. He's if always going to be say, one of my doctors. I will say, if it wasn't for Eccleston, I don't know if I would have liked this show half as much. Oh, no. I so, think. The thing is, don't get me wrong, Tenant comes in next, and Tenant is phenomenal. Tennant is like impossible not to love because he's David Tennant. He's yeah. he's, he's playing a certain version of himself as the Doctor. It's yeah. like he's still David Tennant to a certain degree. It's like he's a lovable goof half the time. You can't help mm-hmm. not love the character. Yeah. Because of that, I often feel like it overshadows a lot of just how good Eccleston was. Mm. Eccleston had the had a rough job. Like honestly, this show would not be where it is today if it wasn't for the great return that Eccleston gave it mm-hmm. he brought it back in such a strong strong footing to kick off what we're at now which is like 14th season we're about to go into mm. I mean it's amazing yeah and for it to be at the height of popularity it's that Doctor Who has never been this popular mm-hmm. like in the UK it was seen as that daft little sci-fi show with the dodgy yeah. budget and the rubber monster suits and the you know, it's like it had a cult following, and it's this worldwide phenomenon now. Like people know who the Doctor is. People know Doctor Who. People yeah. see that police phone box, and the first thing they think about isn't a British police phone box. They think the Doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's. Uh, Dalek saying honestly, most of I've met dislike Nine, and I find myself in a minority who enjoy his Doctor. I'm the same. Dalek. I love, I love Eccleston's Doctor. Yeah, I just. I think he's he great. I think. I love the journey he takes us on and we're going to go into it because this was a revamp of the Doctor's whole story. Mm-hmm. So um, before I don't want to delve too far into that because it kind of li- takes it piece by piece. We're probably not going to go yeah. episode by episode because there are 13 episodes and that's a lot yeah, to yeah. do episode by episode. Um, but for you, what was your, what was your, what's your initial take? Now you've seen the whole first season, initial thoughts coming out of season one of Doctor Who. So having overall, gone in blind, what do you think? Yeah. So I'll be straight up. At first, like in the first episode of the first, especially the second episode, I was like, really? <laughs> Just to be super honest, you know, the episode where they're on a spaceship and they're watching Earth blow up and all these just like, like you said, I feel like it's like, you know, people in a rubber suit, like monsters in a rubber suit type stuff. But the more the show went on in the season, especially the last half, I think, is really where I think this Doctor Who season, which I haven't seen any of the other ones, but where I really feel like it hit its stride. I feel like a lot of the... One of the episodes that was my one of my favorite was when Rose went back and saved her dad. Yeah. And, like, that was way scaled down from the other episodes. But, like, you still had the Doctor and his personality, but you had Rose's story, and that, like, that was super intense, oh, emotionally intense. That's, and it that's was a, a really heart-wrenching episode. episode. It yeah. really is. Yeah, especially as a dad. <laughs> Do you know the thing I love with the Doctor in that episode? At no point does he say to her, the way to fix this is your dad has to die. Mm-hmm. Even though that's the way to fix the, everything yeah. that's going on in that episode, at no point does he say that to her. Yeah. He's like, he yeah. wants to make it work any other way before he resorts to that yeah and that's phenomenal so that episode and obviously the finale was just like awesome the finale was awesome 
the episode that always resonates with me from this, and it will always, it was the first Eccleston episodes I ever seen, um, was The Empty Child. Mm. The World War Two. Are You My Mummy? Yeah. That was the first episodes I ever seen of this season. Like, I, I hadn't got into it, I wasn't any Doctor Who before, so I never watched it when it relaunched. But yeah. my friend was. And we went back to his place one Saturday and he was watching it and these were the episodes that were on, was that two-parter. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, Trumbo and Dalek. That was so bad. I'm sorry, Cross. <laughs> no, so, yeah. That was so bad. When I saw that, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like some of the... That's the thing as well, though, remember, it's a 2005 show. Yeah, so I wasn't no, too hard on it. That nobody had faith in. It did not yeah. have a budget. Yeah, and then see when you see where the budget went to in other episodes, you're like, I understand why you didn't really, why well, you just let even, that go. Well, <laughs> even after the trash can ate Ricky, and then he showed up back in the car, and Rose went to the car. I'm like, you don't see that he looks completely different. Like he's sitting right beside. He he looks like he's made of plastic. I know you don't, he, you don't see that. <laughs> yeah, it's like your guy's turning like plastic. Look, really, but yeah, the empty child though really hits home with me. There's just there's something about that episode and the way it tells the story the way it's very much a Doctor Who story is set in that time but it's this ongoing mystery to it as well all this stuff taking place under air raids introduction of one of my favourite Doctor Who characters then Captain Jack Harkness as well who how can you not love John Barrowman as Captain Jack Harkness the show that made him a household name where I he's essentially playing himself <laughs> really is um, and just I will never, the moment that won me over is the moment at the end when the ambulance nanos come out and they reconstruct a child recognising the mother and the doctor gets to do his everybody lives speech. Yeah. And like just this once, everybody lives. Yeah. And it's like, and just the joy on his face at that. And I learned why that, why that was such an emotional moment because mm-hmm. Russell T Davies didn't just bring back Doctor Who. He instigated something that had never been here before, and I had to let you know about this because I didn't know it initially because I wasn't a Doctor Who fan. And it was my friend that told me this. Yeah, before two thousand and five, the Time War wasn't a thing. Mm. The Time War hadn't happened. Gallifrey was there. It was in the sky. Yeah, the Time Lords were alive and well. The Daleks were their enemies across the stars. Like they, they were all alive. Yeah, there was no last of the Time Lords. He was just the guy who stole a TARDIS and ran, mm-hmm. and has been running ever since. It's like, but Eccleston had the job of carrying the weight of a Doctor with PTSD. Mm, that's a good way to put it, actually. A doctor that was still fresh from the Time War, and no place did you see that better than Dalek. Yeah. Van Stanton's underground museum with the live Dalek. Yeah. And when he's locked in that room and it starts talking to him, mm-hmm. and you see the fear, the, the terror in his face as he is scratching at the door to get out. Yeah, and the ecstasy of learning that its weapons were useless, that it was broken. Yeah, yeah. 
and watching this doctor confronting this enemy who had caused him so much terror mm-hmm. I don't think another actor could have done that I love the actors that come after Eccleston I love Tennant I love Smith I love Capaldi so much Yeah. I love Jodie Whittaker they're all phenomenal versions of the doctor Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them could have pulled that off in that way that their doctors could have stood in that room in that dally and conveyed so much emotion yeah. so many different emotions in that moment as they yeah. did yeah he definitely chewed some scenery in that scene not in a bad way in a good way yeah like that's a lot to get across this version of the doctor because this isn't just for new fans. You've also got to draw in the the Who fans from before. You're wanting them to come back and keep watching Doctor Who. The ones who last seen Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann's Doctors in the 80s and 90s. You want them to come back. But you also want these new fans to come in. And you've got to introduce them to this brand new Doctor who's got all of this stuff going on. Yeah. But still show that they are the Doctor. Yeah. That's a high order. Yeah. Even even the I forgot what her name was, but she was a Slytherin, not Slytherin. Slytherin, Slytherin. That's it. Um, When he was talking to her at the dinner table. Yes, dude, that whole conversation. Oh, that's such a good scene. She was basically begging for her life, and he was basically like, "I don't believe you." But it was just this back and forth, this tête-à-tête with her and him. And it was like compassion, and it would ebb and flow, and it was just—it was real—it was such a cool, like moment in that in that episode. Yeah. So I'm just saying our Dalek scene as well, and how he goes from pure hatred of the Dalek and withdraws of trying to treat it with compassion, and that development and the messy reality of good and evil. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a straightforward thing. It's a lot to. Oh, one of our mods grabbed Mr. Thomas Benjamin and show him the door I think he's walked in drunk this evening <laughs> got but, it but yeah this it was a lot to take in and that and I've got to give credit because like yeah some of the some of the uh, first few episodes can be a little bit cringy with some of it yeah but there's a lot of darkness as well like it wasn't until I rewatched that I realised like that second episode you talk about like when they were on the space station and Earth is destroyed and stuff how many people die in that episode? Yeah. Like, I don't remember her name, but the tree, obviously she dies. Yeah. But, like, see when they go back into that room and he starts to confront, like, Cassandra, like, the amount of dead people that were on there. That's, yeah. like, when that sun visor came down. Uh-huh. I'm like, I didn't realise just how many died. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Or well, even the last episode, like, when the dogs are going around just murdering everybody, just murking people. Oh, yeah, like... This show doesn't pull punches, and I'm like, it's. It opens up to all this stuff very straightforward, and it's like, and I absolutely adore it. I adore the show, and. Well, one of the things that re- I really dig about it is, there's, I've always been a fan of just mythology in general, whether that's you know Greek mythology, you know any type of mythology, comic mythology, obviously. I just love that type of, that type of environment, that type of sandbox that you can play in because it's endless and I feel like this has some of that like it, it the mythology that it brings that it slowly drip feeds you through 13 episodes is, is really cool 
and yeah. it can just can really go anywhere. Absolutely, it's like it's, and I like that they don't just rush into everything. Even like mm-hmm. if it's stuff that we know, like we don't find out they don't say the words Time Lord until episode two. Mm-hmm. It's not until the end of episode two that he actually tells Rose what happened mm-hmm. about the big war, and then throughout the rest of the season we hear more and more about this war. It's like it's the mythology of what's going on and what's happened to who he is doesn't come out until then. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know that TARDIS was actually alive until the last episode. Yeah, like, you've, like they open that up, and it's like and she stares into the heart of the TARDIS. Oh, it's the same And it's scene, like, dude. you know, it's like, and Rose stares into it and becomes that, which, by the way, is one of the coolest things, the whole bad dude, that thing. Dude, that was so sweet, man. That was probably my favorite part of the, of the show. I don't know. Maybe not, but that was one of the sweetest parts. Well, you can say it's one of your favorite parts that I trust me that trust me when I say as well that this is a good opening season but it gets a yeah. lot better there's some amazing stuff it delves into yeah there's stuff that I really wish we'd go on to see Eccleson's Doctor do later on but you know yeah can you explain a little bit of the, the backstory that you were telling me for people who don't know like what would happen with Christopher Eccleson coming into the, for the this reboot well Eccleson was like one of the like first off choices to be involved in it he'd worked with Russell T Davies the showrunner before yeah. they'd worked together on another project um, so he was all for it he was like yeah absolutely he knew a bit about Doctor Who not vast amounts but he learnt and stuff he grew up in Britain mm-hmm. he's heard all of it and stuff yeah. <coughs> but apparently like yeah he just clashed with um, not just Davies but producers showrunners and it just there was a clashing early on there's back and forth there's different stories of kind of like mm-hmm. what happened exactly but there was a clashing early on and it just they were never able to recover from it. Yeah. They were never able to recover from that and he basically just decided it wasn't a pleasant working environment. Gotcha. That it wasn't something to continue to be in and decided to, you know, step away from it. It wasn't worth sticking around. And <coughs> none of this really came out at the time though. People didn't really know at the time what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah like he he stepped away and then after that you know at the end of season one David Tennant stepped in and the show just kept running that's what the show is designed to do mm-hmm. is to replace the lead and keep going with it's it it's literally built to do that <laughs> you know which which was amazing because it never it was never originally meant to this show's mythology was literally written as it went in that sort of sense because yeah. it was written originally with William Hartnell the first Doctor in mind mm-hmm you know, it's like the show was they cast him and the show was written and it was never written for anyone else to play the Doctor <coughs> until he could no longer play it and they had to get someone to step in when it was a popular show. Yeah. And they wrote in a way to make sure the main character could continue and it's been going since. And it created this amazing, very unique mythos to it. Mm-hmm. It definitely got me excited to see the the uh, the next seasons, like David Tennant, Matt Smith, uh, Capaldi, you know, all of all of them, to see exactly what they do with the character that Eccleston didn't, you know. Yeah. Because um, I really, I really dug Eccleston in this. At first, he threw me off at first, like in the first episode with the with the mannequins and the way that he was like, you know, bantering back and forth with Rose. I was like, all right, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to understand this character, like. <laughs> But he was, he's obviously very awkward. The way that he plays him up front is very awkward and, like, 
not think, socially awkward but just awkward i think in general i think that's a doctor in general when you get start getting going in the seasons and any doctor who fans in chat can correct me if they want but it's like he's, he's a very mouthy character he does not stop talking yeah and a lot of the versions of the doctors like you're not quite sure if he's rambling or what point he's about to get to yeah but sometimes it's like it's very play off a cup and then he'll turn on a whim and be completely serious on the mark and sometimes he'll kind of cross over like mm-hmm. Tenant's Doctor's very good at that like he'll be in the facing off with like the big bad that he's meant to be facing and be in the middle and just rambling through stuff yeah. just chatting away well it was funny, <laughs> like one of the things like he saw at the beginning of the episode one where you know he meets Rose for the first time he goes nice to meet you Rose run for your life Yeah. nice to meet you Rose run for your life <laughs> uh, it's just really funny I love his like like you said yeah, I feel like he can switch on a dime and I think that yeah. makes makes the show really cool and that was the thing as well like that that fire was what was and and kind of spoilers going ahead for it here but Nitro sort of did, like of course went and started doing research so he got spoilers he's like I wanted to see what the previous doctors were I really wanted to get any John Hurt's doctor that, that came before Eccleston that looked really cool and I'm like yeah he didn't show up for a while <laughs> he didn't exist until like 2013 <laughs> Because Eccleston's Doctor... You know my brain. I have a research brain. I have to look up stuff. Because Eccleston's Doctor was meant to be the ninth Doctor. He was meant to be the one McGann regenerated into. And they were actually in talks with him to come back for the 50th. Yeah. Where the 50th anniversary was going to be where they show the Time War. Yeah. And they show elements of it. And it was going to be Eccleston's Doctor in the midst of the war. Yeah. Because he was the War Doctor. Yeah. Um, and negotiations just fell through just nothing major or serious just it didn't yeah. work out um, which is where they brought in uh, John Hart who was a <laughs> phenomenal a actor freaking beast man. is the war doctor and um, all Alexander. <clears throat> yeah like John Hart like God rest his soul was a phenomenal phenomenal yeah. actor so good Um but Eccleston, I think, is one of the, the lost gems of Doctor Who. Kind of like Paul McGann in that sense. Like, no one... He only ever appeared, like, in the Doctor Who movie. And he'd done a lot of, like, the audio dramas after that. And he's got his yeah. comics and books and novels and all that. But in terms of, like, actual shows on TV, like, it's, he's a phenomenal Doctor that never got his just desserts because they never made more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel the same for Eccleston. I feel like we really scratched the surface with him. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you I want to get into kind of like the finale and talk a lot more about that as well yeah. um, I want to get into some of the kind of side characters that we get introduced to in this and mm-hmm. um, was there any other standout episodes that like stood out to you during this first one um, during this I, season any other that really you, popped out yeah unlike you I don't I didn't really connect with the Empty Child episodes that much the, the two-parter I think for me, the, uh, the the one where she met her dad, Father's Day, episode eight. Um, yeah, that's how, that's which how I love the fact that they are playing Rick Astley in his car. Never gonna give you up. I, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, and then the la- obviously the 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 finale was like, I think that for me the finale was leagues above every other episode, like leaps and bounds above every other episode there were a couple episodes that for me just kind of missed 
like I, for me the second one when they were <clears> watching <throat> the earth blow up I, I didn't really wasn't a huge fan of that one mm-hmm. um, also uh, the long game the one where Simon Pegg was in it or wasn't it that one episode? <clears throat> that one's not a phenomenal episode for me a big part of that is because of Adam I I, I, I know he's only like yeah. a tag along for a couple of episodes but yeah. like I, he was pointless Dude, can I say that they did Ricky wrong in this in the show? Man, they dogged on him. I'm like, come on, man, give the dude a break. Do you know how much they dog? Do, you, do I know how much they dogged on him? What? You keep calling him Ricky. His name's Mickey. Uh, oh yeah, it is Mickey. <laughs> That's how much he dogged on him. You're totally right. <laughs> to oh be fair, my gosh. Literally, the character is known in the fandom as Mickey the idiot. Oh like God. legitly, and and Dalek. Honestly, felt Dalek bad for him. Uh, Dalek, don't worry. By the way, if you mention episodes that are ahead, it's fine. I mean, the guy's getting into a twenty-year-old show. Yeah. Trying to avoid spoilers, like some stuff is going to come up eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's going to happen at this point. Like, it's, it'd be different if. It, like, you can't call it a Ricky, and I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait on that. Dude, I felt so bad for him though, man. It's like. I get it. He was he, kind of a loser, but still, he's not just a loser. Though. That's the thing. It's like, and I feel sorry. He kind of he gets better in later seasons, but in this first season, like Mickey the idiot is useless. He's utterly useless. He really is. Actually, he's like he's so bad. The TARDIS has already disappeared, and he still runs into the metal fence behind him. <laughs> it's already gone. Stop so, running, you. So I got a question. So do some of the characters continue on into further seasons, like uh, the lady who plays Rose, and I, I guess <laughs> Ricky Bobby? <laughs> yes, you will see okay. uh, Rose's companion going into season two. I'll tell you that much because okay, um, because she's still with David Tennant's daughter. She carries on into the next season, mm-hmm. and of course we still see like her friends and family around her. So you'll still see her mom. You'll still you'll still see Mickey. Mm-hmm. You'll still see you know. So these characters all kind of reoccur. Okay. Uh, that, okay, but like he played that character well, and that helped keep the plot moving, even during the cringe scenes such as the trash bin. <laughs> he still wasn't the most useless character either. He's not the most useless character, but like, and that's in season one, I would say like he's about one of the most useless characters in the show. He gets so much better later on. Like he's he's toned back a lot mm-hmm. going forward, but in season one, like he's really <laughs> really bad. Like it's it's like you are literally a walking toddler. How in the world are you a man-sized toddler and functioning? Like I know you're like meant to be nineteen, but like, son, yeah. come on, please. A couple of like, all right. So a couple of not huge issues that I had, um, but like, in for me, those alien costumes in Aliens in London, those are unforgivable. I mean, they were really bad. What um, ones? That the... being said, the big um, oh Slovene. Oh my god! They get they get better. Don't worry. Okay. Slovene are. I will say though. That being said, the episode that they first show up in, which is I think is episode four, Aliens in London, when the spaceship crashes and hits the Big Ben, all that stuff. I think that's one of the best episodes. Yeah. Um, just I just the hit, hit the Doctor's interaction with Rose's family. You know when he busts into the room full of uh, the TARDIS lands in like a a storage room in a police station, <laughs> and he busts in, and there's all these cops, <laughs> all these. Um, it's uh, so well done. Dude, it's yeah. so good, dude. It's so. Don't get me wrong. The Sardine are very 
again, I feel like the show was very much a basic. It was a running point, which is why I wanted to see more of what Eccleston can do because there's yeah, yeah. so much better stuff that comes later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Dalek absolutely agree as well. Like, how in the world is Rose still with Mickey? Like, I like I know you're like you're not trying to live your peak life yet, Rose. You're still to discover just how amazing you are. But like, I mean, come on, look at him and look at you. Like, really. Well, dude, at the end, she, like when she's going back into the TARDIS, he's like, "There's nothing left for you, nothing." And immediately, she's like, "Nope." Yeah, she's like, "No." I'm like, "Well, shoot." I'm gonna say, "Well, yeah, she's traveling with the Doctor and Jack Hartness." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll be fine." Yeah, oh yeah, you spelled spell Fallibatorius. I almost got through it in one go there. It's wow, like, you almost did. That, I, that I, is impressive, dude. That is impressive. I used to be able to say that without an issue. Like, I could just, like, rattle it off. Rexicorical Fallibatorius. Great, dude. But, like, spelling off it, I was not as good at, but, like, I could rattle it off like he could say it. And, um, but, yeah, that's this, those are really good episodes as well. And also, I love the whole um, Harriet Jones. She, You'll see her reappear again as well. Harriet Jones, MP, Fly Del North. <laughs> That's hilarious yeah. too. She she reoccurs. How many times are gonna say that? And that was great. But yeah, like there's there's some amazing stuff in this first yeah. season. There was a there's amazing spots of what uh, awesome stuff there was to come. Yeah. Um, in this show, and it's like it's like, done so well. Yeah, the really good parts for me way outweighed the oh my lord, what am I watching parts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the the trash can and the Saladin suits. Um, I'm just like oh, you kind of need. I think at that point as well, you kind of almost take yourself with a pinch of salt. If you're a Doctor yeah. Who fan and you know you know you're expecting the the weird costumes and different yeah. things and, and and even and, the designs and the CGI and all that stuff and the costumes to get better. It's, yeah, and, and as more you know, money gets pumped in, it gets a lot better. Obviously, like you said, it's it's tw- it's twenty years old. Like, I, you know, so I t- I'm taking that into account as well. Like the 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 effects that we had in 2005 for a, a TV show, a pilot of a TV show. We're not that great let's be honest yeah so i i totally get that well that's it and, and remember as well like they kind of tried to reboot and restart doctor who a few times and mm, okay. a few different okay. ways like the movie with paul mcgann was meant to be a kind of american reboot with americans taking over mm. and then they tried another couple one of which was actually an animated one i think it's really? shriek of the shulker or something like that and i actually starred richard d grant as the ninth doctor Oh, okay. Um, and it was released and completely and utterly just went nowhere because like almost like a couple of weeks I think it was after it came out like they announced the reboot of the new one with Christopher Eccleston hmm. and yes absolutely that like the, the whole reappearance and character arc they end up doing with Harry Jones is phenomenal no 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 that's that's coming up soon the, don't you think she looks tired yeah that's going to be something that's coming up soon like it's such a good story arc for it's so well done and um, but yeah it's so it's there's so many great characters that appear here as well um can i just say as well like i one thing i want to mention like she kind of appears and she's kind of a pain in the butt and um, rose's mom mm-hmm. and not exactly a, a you know breakout character except yeah. on the actress for pulling that character off she oh, as yeah. well slaps the doctor full force well, dude, it's funny. In the first episode, she goes, "There's a man." In That's literally what I was going to mention. Goes, yes, there is. No. I love it. It's like there's a man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. Yeah. What is that? I mean, like my, you know, right dress. Like, yes, you are. 
<laughs> anything could happen. And he just goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks <laughs> away. <laughs> that yeah, right there. If I hadn't been he sold on Eccleston before, yeah. that line would have sold me on him as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but yeah. But e- even then, you kind of grow to love like Jackie as well. Jackie Tyler. God bless her. <laughs> she kind of redeems herself towards the end of the show, though. Yeah, she, she just... Kinda helps her pull the tie- TARDIS open and all that stuff. But that's it. She's just a mom that's worried about her daughter. Yeah. But yeah, that's the character you talk about then, though. Side characters. Someone else who has to get as much credit for Christopher Eccleston is making this work is Rose Tyler. Mm, man, she was excellent, dude. She... And I will say, it, for seasons to come, she sets a standard of companion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's like she's almost over-talked to a point now. I think some of the fan base are kind of sick of it because it's over-talked a little bit. But kudos to Billy Piper. She'd done such a phenomenal job in this role. And she wasn't a big-time actress at this point. She'd done a couple of acting things, I think. She'd actually yeah. been a pop star in the UK. Mm. Okay. And I tried to have a burgeoning pop career and switched over to acting. Yeah. And then of course the Doctor Who and it just took off and people knew who she was. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Oh, uh, you need to head out, Dalek. Um, you, Dalek. If you want to catch the rest of us talking about it, we'll be posting it up on YouTube and stuff like that and up on our uh, where our podcasts are online. So you can definitely catch the rest of it. But we'd love to have you um, hang out on our Discord or social media if you want to talk more Doctor Who. I'm all for that. But you have an absolutely amazing night, sweetheart. Thank you for chatting so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I think a lot of credit has to be given to Rose Tyler and to Billy Piper for just as important as the Doctor is the companion that travels with the Can doctor. I say how refreshing it was to for them? I mean, obviously until the last moment, which I don't know if that was necessarily romantic. That was just kind of like a ceiling there, friendship type thing, but... Can I say how much I appreciated them not really having a romantic relationship? Even though there were hints and stuff like that, like, for the most part... I think there was... I think there was hints... Because I, when I originally watched this show, I thought there was meant to be a maybe a little romantic thing there. Yeah. Um, but watching it back in recent years and then again recently for this, I think it's definitely one side. I think he loves her. Mm, okay. But not in that way. Yeah, like he he adores her and want, and I think there's definitely a, a somewhere between friendship, somewhere between student and mentor. Yeah, I would agree. Relationship there, I think he loves her. Like he's close with her, he feels responsible for her. Yeah, it's like yeah. he cares for her. Like they'll get on, chat, have a blast together. I think she's definitely got a crush there. I don't think it was. It's definitely not one of those. Ooh, I'm in love with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the more she saw the world through his eyes, I think it opened her up to so much. Mm. And she started kind of falling for that a little, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I kind of agree with you. I don't think the kiss at the end of the finale, when he takes that power out of her, I don't think that's in a romantic way. No, I don't. It was kind of like a, you know, we had our, we had our time together, like this is kind of like a, a goodbye type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it was like a yeah. Good... I, I, even if there was like a, a slight romantic, which I don't disagree with you actually, uh, it wasn't the focus of their relationship, which I appreciated. You know, yeah, that's definitely I think that would be a very easy thing to do. It definitely wasn't, and I kind of appreciate that because I, do, I don't think with Eccleston it would have worked that way. Mm-hmm. 
you know, not that he couldn't do a romantic storyline with his doctor, but like, you know, they clearly show him like he's not against that. I mean, like in, this, yeah. in the second episode alone, you see him flirting with um, the tree. Like the two of them are, he's quite happily flirting and stuff. He's quite yeah, yeah. clearly not against romantic feelings. Yeah. If you know your Doctor Who lore, the Doctor's had a family before. Yeah. I mean, the first Doctor, William Hartnell, travelled with his granddaughter. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like he's he's done the family thing before in the past. Mm-hmm. He's had family. He's had people around him. So like he's clearly had romantic attachments before. Yeah. But I I like that they don't just dive into that with this one. It's like because I think I saw the romantic interest from her initially, and I thought there might be. Uh-huh. But at least with Eccleston, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it was meant to be like that, and I don't think it needs to be like that. I agree. I agree. She was fantastic, though. I'm gonna be straight up. I know you had mentioned Captain Jack earlier, and like I liked his character. I just I don't know. I couldn't connect with that character that much because I was like, who is this dude? And they might have explained it, and I just missed it. I'm like, Captain like, Jack. How is you, he ha- important? <coughs> you have how to is pay he attention. To the show? Like, yeah. He, he becomes big to the lore of the show and um, he actually ends up following on from this he actually have you ever heard of Torchwood yeah Torchwood's the spin off of Doctor Who and it's led by Captain Jack Harkness because um, okay. what you find out is um, Captain Jack is originally from the 51st century he's from the future Okay. that was kind of one of the introductions for him is he's someone that's kind of on par with the Doctor but from a human level yeah. because he knows a lot of the future stuff he knows a lot of the technology he knows a lot of the stuff he can talk to the Doctor on that level which by the way if there's any romantic interest in that show it is 100% the two of them the Doctor and Jack and Boomtown oh, yeah. they're flirting He's... back and forward is phenomenal Definitely. I Definitely. love it <laughs> it's like that. why don't you ever buy me anything pretty take me out somewhere nice <laughs> like, I love it yeah. because you know for a fact Jack has a crush on him but you're never quite sure if the doctor returns it or if he's just yeah. winding him up and yeah. I kind of love <laughs> I kind of love he just plays into that um, but yeah so Jack um, basically Jack. the whole thing is that Jack is a former time agent mm, okay. um, and he's actually lost a lot of his memories so how's that different from Doctor the Doctor well, the Doctor's from an alien, another planet, does all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack is human. He uses what the time agency uses, like the device yeah. on his wrist. Okay, um, Which I think the Doctor ends up later on in the series describing it as like, that's like saying I've got a sports car and you've got like a space hopper. Like one of the bouncy hoppers. Like it's not the same thing time travel-wise, yeah. you know. it's. Um, so Jack's kind of like that sort of character. Um, and he turns out to be a con man he's lost his memories he's been a con man flesh and stuff and then he meets the doctor mm. and the doctor turns him into a good man again gotcha um, and then he gets killed obviously spoilers for the end of season one he yeah. gets killed by the Dalek except he doesn't yeah because Rose brings him back what you don't know yet though is now Jack Harkness can't die really he comes back and in Torchwood you see it as well in the first episode of Torchwood he takes a bullet to the head and he stands up <clears throat> Dang. whatever Rose did she couldn't control the power of the TARDIS so she filled him with life she didn't know when to stop mm. so every time he dies he comes back and he didn't realise at first he just like okay what's going on every time he dies he's like what's happening and then kind of yeah. realised I can't actually die 
So does Torchwood take place right after that season of uh, it kind of interlocks, so like he okay, it takes place after. Yeah, it takes place after this season, and then like he makes a reappearance in Doctor Who, and then season two of Torchwood takes place after that like reappearance. Okay, um, and Torchwood is kind of like meant to be more of the adult show. It covers okay. a lot more kind of a lot darker stuff, a lot more adult stuff, but it's based in Cardiff where the Rift is. Got it. And it's him working with a team to deal with whatever comes through the rift. Oh, okay. It's a really cool show. I loved it. I gotta check it out, man. I, I love Torchwood. It up. <laughs> I really love Torchwood. I've heard of Torchwood. I didn't I had I knew it I didn't know it had anything to do with that group. So Do you know cool. why it's called Torchwood? Why? It's an anagram. Doctor Who. Oh That's where the name Torchwood came from, it's an anagram of Doctor nice. Who. <clears throat> but yeah, definitely check out Torchwood. Torchwood's phenomenal. Yeah. And you get to see a lot more of um, John Barrowman as Jack Harkness, which I, I fell in love with him. It's like, I think I fell more in love with Jack Harkness than I did John Barrowman. I kind of got fed up of John Barrowman off screen after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jack Barrowman? Uh, I think most Americans know him for being in. He was an Arrow. He played uh, Merlin in that. Okay. And CW's Arrow. He's done a few other things like movies and stuff. Uh, but his big thing that got him noticed in the UK is like. Cause he's got an American accent, but he's actually originally from Scotland. I was about to say he's Scottish. Okay. He's Scottish. He raised in America, came back to the UK, but like Jack Hartness was like his big breakout role. And <coughs> um, so yeah, so like his this is the beginning of like because that's the thing. Russell T Davies was like world building, yeah. um, and he ends up after season two of Doctor Who gets like spin off shows for Doctor Who. Gotcha. And um, so are there any <coughs> other spin off shows? Uh, the other one is Sarah Jane Adventures, which was a it was more of a kids show. It was for children's BBC, CBBC, okay. um, but it's basically featured around um, Elizabeth Sladen, the actual actress who was a companion for the Doctor. Okay. She was a companion for the fourth and uh, third, sorry, and fourth Doctors, like back in the original show. Yeah. Back when she was like Rose's age, but she's now like in her fifties. Yeah. Which Elizabeth Sladen, God rest her as well, passed away as well. Uh, few years ago <clears throat> and but she like basically is I never really watched the show but she's doing her own thing and it's her own sort of stuff a lot of the Slovene kind of apparently appear in it and stuff as well and yeah and um, but it's more meant as a kiddie thing but the doctor does appear in it a few times gotcha and um, but yeah it was another spin-off for that which you know kudos to her the fact that she because she makes a comeback is like basically they're both pitched off of the new Doctor Who so yeah. in season two you do get to see Elizabeth Sladen come in Nice. And make an appearance and meet up with the with David Tennant's doctor, which is really cool. Yeah. Because it's really like cool. to see her and like it's actually her, it's Sarah Jane. It's like yeah. who travelled with um uh Sean uh, not Sean, John Pertwee and Tom Baker's doctors. It's phenomenal to see. Like just to see that continuity of them coming back, I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. That's really cool though. I didn't know they had world building like that. I'm gonna have to check out Torchwood. Yeah, Torchwood is really cool. Don't get excited for the end of season four, Miracle Day, because they ended it on a cliffhanger that never. Oh, that's great! I love when that happens. Because they ended it. The annoying thing is they did not need to end it on a cliffhanger, but they ended it with all this stuff and then just did nothing with it because Russell T Davies left. He was done at the time. It was the end of his Doctor Who run, so like they never got picked up for anything else. And I was like, okay, we're just not gonna do anything. But um 
But yeah, there's a whole bunch of world building, and that's one of the things I love about Doctor Who, and it's one of the things you love about comics, so you'll probably love about yeah. it as well. Yeah. Is, is there's so much world building that takes place. That was one of my favorite things about the show. It's just, like I said, the mythology, like, again, it was like a slow drip throughout the episodes. Like you said, they don't reveal everything all at once, which I really appreciated. Yeah, there's, just, there's so much world building, so much mythology. For you coming in as a new fan, there's so much stuff in the past to learn about that will start getting mm-hmm. dripped through as needed, but there's yeah. all this stuff that's still to come that builds this world. Like, some of my favorite stuff to come, and not to spoil too much because I want you to go in fresh. Yeah. Is Doctor Who does this amazing thing in certain episodes of taking things that are everyday things that you don't think about, yeah, and putting a twist on it, mm, okay. and making it this supernatural or spooky or some monster thing or something you've never thought about or yeah, you know it's like why do human beings have an innate fear of the dark? Well, it's not this innate fear of the dark is actually a real reason that we should be scared of the dark and yeah you know what's that dust that you see floating through sunlight and when it flows through your window and yeah. different things like that it's like you know do you ever get oh, that great. feeling of like hair in the back of your neck and i love you know creepy stuff like that of like, yeah yeah you know if you look in a mirror and you see something move and behind you but there's nothing there it's like oh well there's actually yeah. something in the mirror that moved and uh, like okay. things like that where it's like yeah it just it, it's not quite horror but it just kind of gets you on edge and i'm it's like I, I love that stuff yeah and doctor who's got amazing moments like that but it's also got these amazing galaxy building universe building to look at this amazing future but also to go back and like you know we're going to go and see the you know the 51st century and see all these galaxies that humans are now inhabiting yeah but also what shakespeare like Mm-hmm. Let's go yeah, have a con- one, yeah. what's happening that with the Shakespeare. Really cool. Let's go have a conversation with it. You know what I mean? It's like it's. It was cool. The, the episode with Charles Dickens was really. Cool. Charles Dickens is an amazing episode. Top props to the actor that played Charles Dickens. By Dude, the way. I feel he's like he's amazing. in everything. I don't he's know like his name, but he's in everything. Oh yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. But he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, he was perfect yeah. for it. I do, I do love the carriage ride with him though. It's like when he's going off at the doctor, like stealing his carriage and all this. Like you're Charles Dickens. You're brilliant. I absolutely <laughs> love you. It's like, do you want me to get rid of the man, sir? No, he can stay. No, he can stay. <laughs> Does my do my writings last? He's like forever. Yeah. Yeah. So do last really forever. Uh, Funnily enough, as well, for anyone who's still hanging about and um, to do a crossover with what the ladies were speaking about earlier, a bit about Agatha Christie that um, Jay's reading, and um, the Doctor at one point means Agatha Christie, which is a really cool oh, episode cool. as well. Um. But like, there's so much in Doctor Who. Like, it's one of those things the world's open. If you want to go and visit something, go for it. If you want to create something brand new, go for it. If you want to yeah. delve into something, go for it. Yeah. My only thing is they need to be careful that they don't joker themselves. And that's as in like you know we've talked about plenty of times the fact of like how awesome the Joker is as a villain mm. in Batman. I love how you use that as a verb. Because it's became that. Don't joker yourself. I get. I know exactly what you mean, though. It's like don't overuse the amazing villain because the more you overuse them, the less amazing they become. Yeah. Daleks, yes, and then there's some other villains. I'm not going to spoil who. They reappear just too often. Yeah. Some they do okay with others. It's like is no stop, stop. Think of something new. You need to give them a break. But Daleks are a big one. The Daleks okay. appear almost like every season, practically. Like yeah. there's there's breaks from them. They don't appear every single season. Yeah, yeah. 
but there's at least a story that involves a Dalek at some point and it's like would you just stop they're not scary if you keep showing me them yeah it's a wheelie bin with a plunger on the end it's like you need to make it more threatening and with a pile of snot on the inside and an eyeball exactly it's like yeah it's like less is more less is more yeah. with them yeah like, I agree like if you wouldn't have shown if you would have shown the inside of that Dalek that Rose was talking to and you would have just kept it more mysterious I think they would have been way more intimidating I think they got away with it with that one like with that one because of the story they were telling with Dalek but I think they showed enough in that to give you a threat of how much one Dalek can do mm-hmm. because they had to tell you the threat of when you go holy crap there's all these spaceships that are full yeah. of Dalek there's hundreds of thousands of these dudes and the Emperor of the Daleks who now thinks he's a god apparently brought them back it's like that's that's to tell oh, a threat really freaky yeah that's to tell a threat and to tell who they are and what they are like use it sparingly like you could literally go three seasons without a Dalek mm-hmm. and all of a sudden wait they're back you know one of the issues that I had I think with the show and it's not a huge issue I can absolutely overlook it but like when you know there's a ton of movies there's a ton of tv shows that uh that talk about time travel that deal with time travel and there's always an element of you don't want to interfere with the past to Mm -hmm. some level to some extent some extent and the amount that they do that in this show is crazy like and the amount like and no thought or second thought is really given to the amount that they kind of change stuff in the past they kind of want that one instance with her and her dad that was like a huge deal and I'm like but all this other stuff was way more intense that you did well the doctor kind of talks about that in upcoming episodes a little bit mm-hmm. there, there is still a whole element of you just need to like because the whole thing from the doctor is like this is what his people do yeah this is what the time lords do they monitor and travel the timeline Mm-hmm. so they have a understanding of what they're doing like the way his mind processes stuff is so much larger and it's like he understands stuff but there's moments that are in flux which is most of the time mm-hmm. it's in flux and it's like it can be changed you know like like for example the the one when the Slovene ship crashes yeah and it's like did you know this was going to happen like, nope things change all the time this is first contact yeah. here we go it's like you know I wasn't expecting it but it's changing Yeah. but then there's other moments that are fixed points in time mm-hmm. where it's okay. like these have to happen and I cannot change it and yeah. it and it brings up a, there's great episodes that bring up a moral quandary with the doctor in those ones where it's like I can't change this situation yeah I can't because you know what effect this will have on this and this and this mm-hmm. there's actually an amazing old episode of Doctor Who well there were serials back then but there's a Tom Baker one called Genesis of the Daleks mm-hmm. and the whole point is that he goes back to their home world Scarrow yeah way back before the Daleks were created and meets Davros their creator yeah and is there when the Daleks are about to be created and he has the opportunity to destroy it to stop the Daleks from ever having existed and he takes a moment and he stops and he thinks and he goes 
do I have the right to do this? Yes, they caused all this destruction, but all the worlds, the united, all the bonds that were made, all the things that were birthed out of this, all the hope, all this other stuff that was created because they stood against the Daleks, will never exist. Yeah. If they are never born. Yeah. What happens if I destroy all of that? Mm. So there are moments where he does question that stuff. A lot of it is a case of you just have to go, hey, we're in the past, hey, it's fine. Yeah. Don't question anything, it'll be fine, you know. But there are there are real threats as well to that though as well, because you're like, is if it's a past, it's like it doesn't just self correct. You know, like in the Charles Dickens one, it's like it's not just going to self-correct. Like, oh yeah, the ghosts all disappear. It's like, yeah, no, they could take over the world and the world's ruined forever, and the future never happens. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's an interesting way of like affecting that stuff, but still keeping it. You know, it's like it's a weekly threat mm-hmm. that you're watching in the show, and it's still like I I can still feel the anticipation of like, oh, there's a bit of you know something could happen here. Yeah. You know, but yeah, there there is a little bit of it you have to take as a grain of salt. But that's the closest yeah. as they kind of get to explaining that. Well, no, that makes sense. And like I said, like I'm not unreasonable. I can I can overlook some stuff if 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 you're just like that's just the way it is in this universe. You know, it is what it is. I'm I'm yeah. totally 100 percent cool with that. Yeah, because I think that's it. Because Martha, one of the future companions, actually asked the doctor that like the first time she travels back in time with them, she goes like that. It's like, wait, what what happens if I step on a butterfly? You know, it's. Like, what, what do you mean? Well, if I step on a butterfly and it's going to like affect this, you know, all the stuff in the world and cause apocalypse and chaos, and it's like, no step on a butterfly then. What have you got against butterflies? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like it's almost like it's a second, not even a second thought. So, like, what? Yeah. What are you Why talking you about? What? Wait. What? What's wrong with butterfly? What? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against butterflies? <laughs> Uh, just me D talking about the Dalek thing saying but also Dalek's reputation is a big bad nemesis to the Time Lords after the Doctor alone wins them and time and time again just it doesn't work out like yeah and that's the thing though it's like but even that gets a bit old of like because you know the Doctor beats the Daleks and like and then all of a sudden like I wipe them all out and here they are again yeah and it's that like, was the thing like I know that <clears throat> I know they come back but he li- li- literally wiped them all out in the last episode of this reboot yeah up to to a certain point they kind of explain it yeah and then after a certain point it's kind of like just accept they're back (laughs) like like, we're gonna joker this okay so just literally the the next few appearances of Daleks you see as you watch it's well contained it's well done it's believable yeah like oh that's a cool idea that could work yeah, and then after that, it starts to get to the point. I think after like season four or five, mm-hmm. they just kind of show up without much explanation, and it's like, okay, you need to give me something. Yeah, like anything, give me something. Come on, people. No, okay. She must have seen the butterfly. Yeah, she must have seen the butterfly effect. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's what she was trying to do. She just loved the way that he's like, wait, what? <laughs> Why would you step on a butterfly? But yeah. Alright, so can you explain to me, because I still didn't get this even when Rose was talking about it, and I had mentioned this to you in a message that I sent you this week. Bad Wolf. What is that all about? Like, I still don't understand that. That's the being that Rose becomes. Oh, okay. His name is Bad Wolf, and it's the name in the space station, it's the name she names herself. Yeah. 
But she takes the wards and she scatters them throughout time and space mm. to draw okay. her to this point. Like the oh, whole thing is okay. like is a message to draw Rose to come back. And it works even if you think about it, like when the doctor initiates the program to send her home, she starts seeing Bad Wolf. Yeah. Like around there of like no like almost encouraging her, like, you have to go back. Yeah. And it's like the whole thing is being like it's this coming to this point, coming to this mm. moment. Which can we just talk about that finale as well? Dude. Finale. Like the so space great. station, like the amount of layers to that, like first of all, the one of the episodes you talked about, the long game. Mm-hmm. Did you have a clue that was setting up for the finale? No. No, and that's why I was hesitant to say that I wasn't a huge fan of that episode. Because the whole I point of because I because I almost think that was written almost like a throwaway episode. Yeah. On purpose, so that you would be like, wait, what? Like Satellite yeah. Five, he takes out the alien running it, he puts the humans back on track, and then it's like. And I love that the blame comes back to him for that. Because the chick that he finds is like, no, that's when everything went wrong. Yeah. There was just dead silence because Satellite 5 controlled the news, told us everything. Yeah. And then there was nothing. And it was like, so that's when the Dalek Emperor came in and created all the game shows and started having humans compete and started like breaking them down to create his new Dalek army. Yeah, that's a nuts, dude. What that was crazy. That was a, like, I wrote, so I wrote notes for each episode. Some of the episodes I have, like, one line, but one of the first sentences I have for episode 13 was that it was pretty disturbing. Yeah. Like, just going through the, oh, they're, like, they are harvesting humans to build Daleks. Daleks, yeah. whatever. Which, I love that oh, concept so much, because the Doctor even says it himself at one point, like, they're self-hating Daleks self-hating Daleks because mm. anything that isn't pure Dalek is an abomination to them yeah and he starts saying they start going abomination or blasphemy blasphemy but that's it it's like anything that's not pure Dalek is an abomination so in their own eyes they are yeah. even pure Dalek they're abominations they're not yeah. worthy mm-hmm. and I like and even that blasphemy and I'm like when did the Daleks have a concept of blasphemy when did the Daleks have a yeah. concept of a god yeah and that's when obviously the Emperor's like I oh, am yeah. their god I reached yeah. into the darkness and I pulled out life yeah I'm like, oh yeah I can see how that would have gone to your head pal yeah <laughs> that's but can I, can I just say as well I love the 2005 dated like game shows they get thrown into as well Hilarious. At the start of it, because they get thrown into the game shows at the start, and like the Doctor goes into Big Brother, mm-hmm. which I love, because obviously Big Brother was still like one of the big things at the time, because it was two thousand and five, so it was like what five years old at that point in the UK. Yeah. I think the first UK one was like in two thousand, so yeah, it was like five six year old. Uh, Rose gets put in the weakest link, mm-hmm. which, you know if you live in the UK at this point you have no clue what that is that show died a death a long time ago America yeah. America brought it back recently though yeah because yeah. I'm familiar with the show I never really watched it but I'm definitely familiar with it it was a hit and a half in the UK for a long time yeah. it, it even got a Playstation 2 game dang like seriously it was on the Playstation 2 it was also <laughs> just a quiz but like it's like it, it took off for a while so like I wasn't surprised like in that time and era that's why that appears yeah and then, of course, Jack Harkness appears in a show where he gets naked. Of course. 
because he's Jack Harkness and that's what he does. I love how he's just like, that's right. <laughs> I aspire to have the I confidence the in every part of my life that Jack Harkness has about anything. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. He was never ashamed, never put out. He was just like, you know, it is me. It is what it is, man. He's like, I know what I got. <laughs> like, ladies, your viewers just it's like your viewing numbers just went up. Just went up. <laughs> it's like, wow. Like that's some confidence right there. <laughs> yeah, and then I one thing that really popped out to me about that one sequence was the way that he just puts his hand on the the, uh, the robot um, in a very precarious situation. I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> well, let, let's just put it this way, Jack Wood. Yeah. I don't know if it came across at this point to you, but like you basically yeah, he'll Yeah. He'll jump anything. Yeah. As apparently at that point in the fifty first century, most humans would. Yeah. So like So yeah, that's not really a factor for him. It's quite funny when he actually makes reappearances in Doctor Who he gets called up on it. Like he literally says hi to people and the doctor tells him off. He's like, Hi, Captain Jack Harness, like, stop it. <laughs> like, I'm just saying hi it's like stop flirting I'm just saying hi for you that's flirting <laughs> yeah because at first I was like is that yeah he's okay I just want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> just be the if it's an option it's an option <laughs> yeah everything's an option for Jack Jack is an equal opportunity sex pest <laughs> <laughs> sex pest <laughs> Yeah, I wrote, so, like, I'm going back through my notes, and I, on the first episode, I wrote, this show is bonkers. I said, it is campy, but I feel like they lean into the camp. And yeah. I can appreciate that. Like, I can Do you know what it is for me? It's comic book campness. Mm. In the sense of, like, you know people who get really, like, comic book movies, like, superhero movies, need to be dark and gritty and serious, mm. and I'm like, you realize this is a comic book, right? Yeah. Like, there's... It's almost this thing of like you you remember these are meant to have a little bit of campiness to them, a yeah. little bit of corniness. That's okay. That's kind of like what they're meant to do. Yeah. It's almost the same with Doctor Who, like as a sci-fi show. It's like that. You remember this is meant to be like campy and sci-fi, weird, wibbly wobbly sort of stuff. Like it's not quite. It's not meant to be fully serious, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah. and I love that it leans into that heavy. That there is. Yeah. It doesn't. There's a heavy like comedy part to it, but it doesn't take away from the serious stuff either. I don't feel. Well, I think it honestly it adds to it. Like when so you you're you're in that comedy and there's like a running comedy, but when the hard when the serious parts hit, they really hit. Um, yeah. Especially again, I I keep going to the last episode. The last episode, especially like the last half of the last episode. Can we as well talk about crazy. that? Basically, the whole thing is the Doctor sends Rose away in the TARDIS which I think that's the big thing to take on board isn't it just the fact he sends Rose away to keep her safe but he sends the TARDIS away yeah like okay yes to keep it out of Dalek hands but like that's a weapon you could use yeah and starts building a weapon to destroy them where basically Jack's whole thing is get weapons arm as many people as possible and hope we survive long enough till the doctor's done. Yeah. 
Can we say how bad of a shot everybody was? Except that one person who managed to hit one he of the dollars. <laughs> can, can, can we comment on that? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the video. A bunch of people at our work TV channels for a living ago there. Here, shoot a gun. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't America. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, honestly. Good lord, not one person can hit. <laughs> But that's it though, like Jack's like the last line of the fence because he's like the literally only trained person here that knows what to do. And then I was like, I love the fact that he's like right outside with the doctor is running back, what is the last man is yeah. after we've just watched all these people slaughtered and I love that yeah. all the people that don't, I love the guilt trip and everything. Jack goes down to get them weapons and says if you hear us fighting up there and dying up there, stay quiet. Yeah. It's like, don't make a sound and maybe you'll live. Yeah. And then the Daleks just go down. For no reason except to check. Yeah. Dude, when they floated outside of the ship, when that oh. chick uh, was... Uh, I What's her name? Was... Lizzie? Is it Lizzie? Yeah, yeah. Dude, when they were floating outside... I feel so bad for her. She's so sweet. She's such a sweet little sweetheart. It's like, oh. And they showed off. I was like, no. Yeah. Because I felt like the doctor really, really cared for her as well. It was like, like everybody on that died, and then, and then even when Jack dies at first, because like you don't know Jack's coming back at first. It's like, yeah. oh, holy crap, yeah, like, crap. Even Jack's dead. He was like, he was a companion. Yeah. He was a companion to the doctor at this point. And it's like, it's literally him. It's the doctor yeah. against them, and I love the line. It's like killer or coward. And he throws it down and says, coward. Yeah. Every time. That line for me, like in recent watchings back of us over the years, has been so freaking powerful. Yeah. This is a man who didn't just fight in the time war. This is a man that ended the time war. Mm -hmm. He pushed the button that ended his own people and the Daleks. Yeah. And in that moment, he's like, never again. Yeah. Like that is just a monumental, whoa, yeah. choice. Like he knows what that means and he's like, I literally can't do it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang, you've got some acting jobs on you, Chris. Yeah, you dude, really do. <laughs> Oh, and also like the the one scene where Rose is at the cafe with her mom and, and her Ricky Bobby, and uh, she's like, man, I, <laughs> I love she's you just basically Ricky like, <laughs> I, she, you know, she's obviously torn. Cause she wants to go back. She didn't know how to go back. I'm sorry. I just totally remember the jo doctor joke about Ricky there. I'm sorry. Uh oh, it's like that. It's like hello, Ricky, and it's like it's Mickey, Ricky. Like I think I know my own name. You think you know your own name? How stupid are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, he just busts his chops, man. <laughs> like, that just came back to me there and I couldn't hold on. That was a... But she, uh, so she's at the table and she says, you don't just give up. You don't just let things happen. You make a stand. You say no. You have the guts to do what's right when everybody just runs away. So, like, I feel like, I feel like, because in that moment, the doctor was struggling with his decision. Do I just basically kill everybody yeah. to save everybody? And then she's like, no, 
she's basically turning into a Doctor Who at that moment, and he's stepping down from the mantle. It's almost like they're switching places. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, you know? Like yeah, she's like taking she's... his spot as the savior of the universe, and he's taking a step back and letting her do that. Yeah, because he looks into the heart of the TARDIS, and then that power to just literally wipe them out with a thought. Yeah. And just erase them, including mm -hmm. the Emperor, who is, like, distraught at this point. Yeah. of someone coming against it and just like erases them to atoms as if they were nothing yeah and then floods Jack Hartness with life yeah that big beautiful boy's back up on his feet <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard my headset fell off good grief <laughs> and it's like and then of course we get the kiss where the doctor takes the power on board yeah because the power is enough to kill <clears throat> yeah and it would kill her stone dead, but he can get rid of it. And we say goodbye to Eccleston's doctor. Which yeah. the line that you already mentioned, one of the most perfect send off lines. Dude, you that were was so fantastic. Good, dude. And you know what? So was I. Yeah. And just a smile. I feel like that after was his it. way of like saying like, you know, this was a mistake you guys are going to miss me and but I know I did a good job I did my best I like to think that as well I like to think it was him saying like I did a good job and I know I did a damn good job at this. yeah yeah <laughs> that because was definitely his, his like legit stamp on the roll like that one phrase was his stamp saying I know I did good yeah and he was he was amazing he did a yeah. phenomenal job and then regenerates and at the very end we get the first appearance of David Tennant which was, again, as someone who doesn't know anything about the show, I was like, I knew he was coming in subsequent seasons, obviously. It's like, holy crap. He's showing up in, season, in, in episode 13. Okay, we're doing this. Yeah. That's why I didn't want you to watch the Christmas Invasion, the next oh, episode. Okay. Because literally it's the start of, it's the first episode of his run. Oh, okay. Because, like, Eccleston is done, like, from here, Terrence, yeah. the Doctor. And it's like, yeah, it's not... And it's weird, it's not really season one, it kind of is, but it's kind of the start of season two. Yeah. Uh, because what Doctor Who used to do, back when it was really good, uh, before they decided to mess with the schedule, was it used to have a special on Christmas Day. Oh. So like okay. Christmas Day in the UK, you sit down and have your Christmas dinner, and then you would sit down with your chocolates and watch Doctor Who in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, like, that was his first appearance, was the first Christmas special. <coughs> and That's awesome. So yeah, so it was like it's a brand new start. So I was like, yeah, finish here. That's a perfect finishing point to prep you. And now, if you want to keep watching, you can. Yeah. Yeah, I, d I definitely want to keep watching the show because, like, you know, the whole time I was comparing it to our, our Firefly review, and like, I, you know, the older I get, the more I've come to realize I'm a very, when it comes to sci-fi, I do like sci-fi. I know I like sci-fi. But I like very. I'm a very, a very specific sci-fi that I like, and very rarely do I venture out from that. Like I, I'm like Blade Runner, like Matrix, yeah. that type of sci-fi. Like, like very visceral, very futuristic. That tends to be the stuff that I gravitate to. Not exclusively, but that tends to be the stuff that I, I, I'm more, I more gravitate to. So. Stuff like Firefly, which is basically a western, yeah, with sci-fi elements, <clears throat> and then and then this, which kind of touches on my sweet spot with sci-fi, but also has other stuff that is way more like um, down-to-earth, story-driven sci-fi. I really enjoyed it way yeah. more than I thought I was going to enjoy it when I first started watching it. 
Don't because I'll be honest. When I when I first started watching the first episode, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And you know, I got a couple episodes in, especially the second episode. I'm like, oh, this is not looking good. But again, the longer it went on and the more I kind of hung in with Aquaset, yeah. I'm like, man, this is really good. You need to give it the time to build up, especially with that first season because it really was finding its foot. And I, yeah. I'm if you're not hooked at this point, I guarantee you'll be hooked by the time you get to the end of season two. Yeah. But the thing you've watched another season and like not just because of Tennant, but Tennant is phenomenal. He's like widely regarded as one of the best doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Um but just the way the storytelling has done, the way that yeah. Russell T. Davies and his team have upgraded at that point and they're running and the new elements that are adding in, there's some phenomenal stories in that. It's like yeah, yeah it's it's good. I can definitely say <clears throat> that I am hooked. Like I don't know if I would consider myself a Whovian yet but i can definitely say that hey, the show has captured my interest and i am definitely i definitely want to see where it goes i think doctor who is one of those sci-fi shows that has a little something for everyone yeah because i think it is honestly probably one of the most unique sci-fi shows out there mm-hmm. like and a lot of the stuff in terms of what it offers what the characters are like how it's driven how it's written how it's portrayed i'm like there's not really anything else vastly similar to it no like there's stuff nothing. that the stuff that touches on it and there's stuff that like okay well that's got elements of that that's got elements mm-hmm. of that yeah and then you think it's like oh yeah well that's copying from that but this came out in 1963 it's like so yeah, yeah. this is this is actually this is before that this yeah. is actually before that this yeah you know it's like yeah this is this 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 is taking stuff and just modernizing it now but it's like it's really a cool concept like it's funny because you know the whole police box thing like they make a comment on it in the show but obviously that it was original the original show came out when those things were kind of still being used right like in the 60s 50s. they were still being used but the whole th- the whole thing of it is um is the, the TARDIS is meant to have a communion circuit yeah so whatever it lands it's meant to transform into something but the, i mean originally but it, has it, gone... had, it transformed into that and then it got and it got broke. stuck so it's been stuck <laughs> so it's like at some point it landed in like the 1960s where there was police boxes yeah and it turned into a police box and then got stuck and he's been stuck yeah. in a police box ever since and she's like well, <clears throat> she it. and he's like nobody's like gonna it. Notice. nobody notices but the honest truth is see, that's the amazing thing though like i love that he kind of says that like he's like it's a big blue box like is nobody gonna notice that and i'm like no you wouldn't notice anything and it's like but yeah, think about it. If a big blue box was all of a sudden on a street you walk down every day, you would you'd maybe go, "Oh, that's weird." Yeah. And you get on with your life. You, you wouldn't give it much thought. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, you yeah. Might you check it out. Look it. inside. Oh, it's an empty box. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's like you actually wouldn't give it that much thought. I'm like, no. he's actually very true, and like I love that kind of commentary on stuff as well. Of like, yeah. You know, it's like yeah, you'd leave something like that in the middle of nowhere, and it's like yeah, or like yeah. the one we like him. Um, the Slovene like Mickey saying to him it's like how can they say this alien thing's a hoax and it's like it's like because that's what you humans do it's like you see something with the evidence right in front of your face and it's like it's like nah hoax it's like I love that he calls us dumb stupid apes like several times yeah well to be fair Mickey is usually around when he does it <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh Ricky Bobby <laughs> Mickey, he gets some hassle in the first one. It, it gets better for him. His character gets better, and he doesn't get quite a lashing going forward. But but in season one, yeah, like Eccleston's not does not like him. He's like, I have no time for fools, and you are the ultimate one. Yeah. But yeah. So 
Um, I think we're pretty much done with most of our major thoughts on the season. Yeah. So what coming out of it, coming into it as a brand new Who fan, never seen it before, getting to the end of season one, final thoughts on it and would you recommend it are you going to keep watching it I know we've kind of touched on some of that but just yeah, yeah. kind of wrap up yeah so like I said man going into it the only previous thing that I have watched based off of something that I know you were super passionate about I lost some nerd cred I get it I get it um, oh, don't look at me no, look, I was look, very, at, look at them look at their sad faces when I you was say very, that I was very nervous going into this because I knew like not only you're a huge fan a lot of people in the comic lane are huge fan but just in general a lot of people are really huge fans so I was like if I don't like this this is not going to be good for me <laughs> but so I went into it Nitro's like, nerd cred hangs on a thread every week <laughs> I went in with a very open mind a very open mind like again taking into consideration this show is almost 20 years old there's going to be some visual effects that don't kind of like translate to today um, maybe some of the acting might not translate to today too I don't know I'm a huge Eccleston fan so again right at the beginning I was like okay I love Eccleston <laughs> I'm sorry um, I need to read these comments I was there before you got into this I'm relieved to hear <laughs> I can continue to respect you well I'm glad I'm glad I uh, continue to have your respect that's amazing D I love it I love um, it so like uh, I first couple episodes I was like oh this is not going to be good This is this review is just going to be a catastrophe but again, like I liked Eccleston from the jump. So mm. from the first episode when he, he was battling freaking mannequins, and of course there's moving mannequins. Um, but from that first episode and his interaction with Rose's mom throughout the whole episode, or throughout the whole season rather, I felt like he just got better. The episodes got better. I felt like the last half of the season was incredible. I felt like the last episode was the best episode, and even the last half of the last episode was the best part, I think, of the entire season. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> I definitely want to continue watching it. I'm very interested to see what David Tennant does, because I'm a, I'm a Dave Tennant fan as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just want to see, I want to see more of the lore. I want to see more of the mythology. That's what's in, that's what interests me. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I got a new show to watch because all of them are available on HBO Max. So almost yeah. like HBO Max. I don't know why I said that. HBO Max. H. <laughs> but yeah, but that's it as well. Like with Doctor Who, it's like yeah, you can binge in here. There's like 13 seasons on there, so go nuts yeah. now. Chunk says I still haven't watched it, so you're still cool with me, dude. But I don't have much credibility. No, she still respects you, Chunk. If you watched it and didn't like it, then she'd lose respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> but just don't watch it, and then she's in limbo. Yeah, she's fine. She <laughs> she's just, in respect she, limbo. She could, be in, she could be a happy medium. <laughs> happy medium. <laughs> oh, we're going to start calling you Ricky Bobby, Chunk. <laughs> Ricky. Mickey. I think I know my own name. <laughs> Some of the jokes, by the way, the one-liner are just so good. Dude, he's so quick, man. I wish I was half that quick. But yeah, Eccleston was brilliant. Yeah, um, he's amazing. I think I think the show excels when it tells stories that are reduced in scope. Again, Father's Day. Um, obviously, even I would argue even the last episode is still a. Um, what am I trying to say? It's still a small scale story. It's happening in one area. It's happening with bit 
you know, when you get down to it, it's happening between the Doctor and the Daleks. Mm -hmm. That's the main driver of that story. Oh, that's and, what uh, I was going to say for that episode before the final one, the second last one, mm -hmm. when it looks like when they're trying to break Rose out of like the weakest link place, mm -hmm. the Doctor gets out of his room. Um, and yeah. he gets Jack and then they go for Rose and it looks like she's been disintegrated Yeah. and they find out that she's not and she's with the Daleks Yeah. and it's like and they basically the Daleks call him when he's up in the command center and is like yeah. you're going to surrender and he just says like, no yeah like, what? what did you say? no come again? Like, explain explain I said no <laughs> and it's like I'm going to get in the towers and I'm going to come and I'm going to rescue her and like and they're like that's not possible yep. and doesn't that just terrify you and it's like oh the crappy doctor's going to war he's a psycho the moment he did that I was like oh I'm in let's do yeah. it yeah exactly and I wrote a note I was like dang Rose got dusted and then right under that I was like nope of course not of course you didn't yeah it's of course they didn't dust the hot blonde <laughs> I love the yeah, man. I'm the, definitely the excited chunk. No, no, I'm just quietly disappointed. But except that not everybody has the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, so thank you for hanging out. That is our review of Doctor Who season one. Yeah. Um, we have we both highly recommend it. I highly recommended it from the get go anyway. But it's nice to hear Nitro is a fan. Doesn't lose any air cred today for once. <laughs> And then he's a fan. I'm actually really excited. If you guys enjoyed hearing us talk about Doctor Who season one and want to hear us do more, I'm pretty sure we could set this up in like a bi-monthly thing. Like every couple oh, yeah. of months we'll do a season or something yeah. and talk through it. If you guys want to hear more of us talking about Doctor Who, because I'd, I'd quite happily sit and chat but going into season two, three, four. Dude, I'm down. And go through it. But yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. Um, but we're actually winding down. On our 12 hour stream, we have got about just under 40 minutes to go until we hit yeah. the 12 hour mark. That's kind of nuts. Dude, it's crazy. We've done it again. We've gone 12 hours again. Oh. 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 Oh.